said the purpose of his exhibit was to question authority. I was thinking a lot about questioning authority in general. People question different types of authority, but for some reason religious authority seems too taboo to question. So I thought I'd give it a shot. You know, and my opinion is that in a public school you can't have anything religious, you can't have, but to desecrate the Bible, desecrate okay. Jesus, is okay. okay. Right. You can't have the Ten Commandments, you can't share scriptures, you can't have Bible study, you can't have, but to... But you can take the Bible and, and tear out pages and you can uh, mar the images on the Bible, you can do that, you can blast things. Right, I don't get that, this is someone's sacred text being desecrated, destroyed, and displayed in a public place. And I don't believe they would do that with any other sacred text. I don't think they would do it with uh, they wouldn't do it with the Quran. The Quran or the Hindu teachings or Buddhism, they wouldn't do that. But the university supports Harris and affirms that he is not violating any rules. Isn't that something? The university supports freedom of speech, rights for all students, affirmed and upheld by the Board of Trustees System Policy 212. The policy indicates the Board of Trustees is committed to protecting the rights all university community members share to free speech, which includes free express expression and assembly. So talking about the Lord is not free expression? Right. You, yeah. All, all of a sudden you would be proselytizing if you talked about that. Assembling to do a Bible study right. is not free. That you can't do. Um, the exhibit is not about freedom of speech and considers Lynn, I don't know who this person is. Lynn. Um, probably it was uh, somebody from the CBN. Okay, the broadcast network. If I saw a Koran with pig blood on it, right. I would certainly call someone with, or a Torah right. with unclean foods on it. I was thinking the same thing. And if they had expressed outrage, you know they would have pulled that project. But because it's Christian, Okay. Right, and Harris doesn't feel his piece is harming anyone, only making people think. Think that he's stupid, right. unholy, yes. ungrateful for what God has done for him. Yes, indeed. Here in the United States, only Christians and Jews are allowed to be attacked for the religious beliefs. It is highly improbable that you would see a university like the University of Southern Maine approve of a desecrated Koran or allow a student to take this darn phrase right. of, of the Muslim Right, but what they don't realize is that they should fear God. They, they fear man more than they fear the Lord. But this particular individual, he has to give an account to the Lord. He doesn't think too much of it because he's an atheist. You know, that, and I think about that too. You know, even before people get saved, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're saying. You don't know. You have no idea of the gravity of what you're doing, how it affects. Um, in relation to the Lord, right. you just don't have a clue, and it's not until until you get saved that you get it. And then all of a sudden, you you, you think that a fear comes upon you, like I I I could have been lost. Right, and and you know, for the people that are never saved, they're going to find out too late. Right, they're just going to find out too late. Here's another stupid thing, in my opinion, and this comes from ChristianHeadlines.com. And a survey within a Charlotte, North Carolina public school system. Now, this is a reason, ladies and gentlemen, why you should not send your children to public school. 
sparked a pushback last week for asking students a series of LGBT-themed questions, including if they identify as transgender. The Student Climate Survey is given to students annually, questioning them on student efficacy, persistence, safety, belonging, and bullying. The survey, they say, is voluntary, the school system said. And this year, the survey added questions for sixth grade through 12th graders about sexual identity. And here are some of the survey's most controversial questions. Now, picture your sixth grade about child sitting down, filling this out. And it says, check one. How do you describe your gender identity? Male, female, non-binary, or gender fluid? Do you identify as transgender? Yes, no, not sure. You know, I can picture these kids just <laughs> giggling and laughing and, and putting down whatever. And they ask things about this. But the sexuality. Which of the following best describes your sexual orientation? Straight, heterosexual, gay or lesbian, bisexual, pansexual? Does a asexual? Does a sixth grader really know what asexual is? Twelve old, thirteen. Questioning my sexual orientation or other? It, there, there shouldn't be any questions like that because they don't have. They don't have questions like uh, if, if if you're heterosexual, what 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 do you prefer? You know, to be called if you're heterosexual. They don't do that. They go zero right into the same sex issue. They are actually creating a bias in the child. So now what they said that they wanted to do is to uh, they're making an effort to make their school safer and more welcoming for all students. Um, that's what the superintendent well, now, says. It seems like but given the feedback, duh, given the feedback we have received, we have removed the aforementioned right. questions from this year's student survey. That doesn't mean that they won't try it again. But you know, it's like saying, okay, uh, how do you identify yourself as heterosexual? Do you, do you identify yourself as being one that's going to adhere to abstinence? Are you pro-marriage? It, 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 it goes all the way beyond what they have the right to ask the child. Like the parents said, it's, not, it's none of your concern. That's not your job. Your job is to, to teach, not to try to sexualize the child. Your, your job is to be a, a teacher. It's our job to deal with them as far as sexual orientation, whether they're gay or straight. But even, even if they said check straight, there's nothing else for them on, on the survey. Once they check straight, it's like all the answers that they can provide, deal with the person who's in a, a type of gay or weird type of relationship. Because once they say, I'm straight and heterosexual, they're done with it with the survey. No. So now picture your child sitting there saying that, you know, you have you have to log in with your ID and answer these questions. It's an assignment and, and you have to answer these questions. You know, the parents said that's not voluntary. Not when you have to when you're told it's an assignment, you're in school, right. and you're told that you have to do this assignment. Right. And you have to log in with your ID, you have to answer these questions. Right. Um, this like when we were going to school, and I, I took an exception to it, 
say, here, go home and create a family tree. You know? It's your parents, you know, your grandparents, you know, until after you you don't even know who your grandparent or your great grandparent or you don't even know anything about your family tree. I, I took exception to that. Why? Why do you want to know what the family tree is? I mean, that's within the family. What does the school have to do with the family tree? Yeah, they're doing that. And that they have it now. It's like all about me and you. The child will tell, you know, what rights will draw their family. They will tell how many brothers or sisters they have, which is really, you know, none yeah, of their concern and none of their business. Right. What they're trying to get, like they want to get all in your business and try to be Well, smooth. how do you feel about them telling you and explaining to you or their, your child about what a family tree is. I mean, well, I can understand them saying what a family tree is, but you don't have to know my family tree. You know, just go you know, to George Washington or somebody. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because I was watching uh, an old episode of Little House on the Prairie, and you know how the um, they adopted this little boy. And because they found him wandering on this, well, they didn't really adopt him, but they took him in and sent him to school and gave him their last name, you know. But then the teacher was uh, talking about, uh, she was going to teach them about the family tree. And then they were going to do their own family tree. Well, that course made it, a, made it an issue because, um, this little boy didn't have parents that he knew of. I mean, he was in foster homes or he was in homes and then the kids started bullying him and making fun of him. So I can see your point. Yeah. It's not for everybody to know right. anything about yes, your family. Teach right. about the family tree. Right, but you don't have to get personal and ask me, what's your family tree? What's yours? <laughs> Anyway, moving on. So everybody is talking about the coronavirus, and so I thought I'd chime in <laughs> as well. And I've run across this article on CBN News, and it says that uh, Israeli scientists say they'll have a coronavirus vaccine in just weeks okay. from releasing the first vaccine. So, you know, it's it's it's... It says, the Galilee Research Institute spent four years creating a vaccine against highly contagious coronavirus that infects birds called infectious bronchitis virus. Now they're adapting the vaccine for the human coronavirus known as COVID-19. So um, given the urgent global need for some kind of vaccine, you know, you can imagine every scientist is trying to do whatever they can to accelerate the development of a, a vaccine. So hopefully, the Israeli scientist says that they'll be able to produce the vaccine in eight to ten weeks and achieve safety approval in 90 days. I don't know if that's... I don't, I don't know either. I, just, I think it's just odd that the person who, who originally reported fact that there was a, a virus out there like that was in China and he was just 34 years old and he died from the virus but he he reported it because the government was trying to hide it and he realized the seriousness of it. I just think some of these things are, are man-made but in 1918 they had the Spanish flu and in that particular uh, flu, the influenza, it killed 5,200 million people. I think the Lord just swept through. You know, it's like he sends his destroying angels. He just swept through, and as quickly as it had started, it was over. 
willen we al lekker verkopen. Even kijken. Gewoon voort aan het verder de wereld gaat rekenen. En liefst in Noord-Amerika en Europe. You know, in Atlantic, it was just, it was just horrendous. So sometimes, you know, the Lord sends something to get people's attention. And sometimes man, like the Lord says, meddles in those things that they have no understanding of. Don't know what they're doing. Anyway, moving on, someone sent this article to me about uh, House Democrats. They blocked an amendment to save babies who survive abortion. This came from Breitbart News. And um, this Republican amendment to a bill that would have required the same medical care to infants who survive abortion as that given to newborns of the same age who are born prematurely was blocked by the Democrats. Um, with the exception of representatives Dan Lipinski, Ben McAdams, and Colin Peterson. Democrats, with the exception of those three, voted against the Republicans' motion to recommit, which is the last chance the minority party has to propose an amendment to a bill. Representative Justin Amish also voted with the Republicans on the amendment offered by the GOP representatives Greg Walden and Wagner. Fourteen did not vote, while eight Democrats also failed to vote on the legislation. So, um, I know this is right. I mean, I, I, ongoing. Yes, it is. And I can understand them wanting to save lives, but it's not really going to succeed because they're going to think about the bottom line, which is money, uh, uh, potential lawsuits. And, yeah, and what they should do is uh, make it impossible for it to happen in the first place and respect the fact that it's a human life. Now, in light of everything that's going on in the world, you know, I was just thinking about um, James chapter 1. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And I'm thinking in this day and age, and how people are, I think people don't have patience. No. People have zero Patience, and so I wanted to really kind of talk about that. Yeah, I think, yeah, they don't, they don't want to wait on the Lord. I mean, we are, as a society, and, and that spirit has caught on worldwide. Everything's instant, you know, everything. Food is instant, everything is instant gratification. You know, they, they don't want to wait for anything. But I don't think, I mean, don't you think even people that were not, aren't, weren't saved a long time ago, had more patience than yeah. they did or do right now. Oh, yeah. People just literally don't right. have patience for anything. I and I don't think patience is patience just literally waiting. Waiting with uh, knowing that the Lord is going to move. But what we're talking about as far as the Lord is concerned, patience is waiting and knowing that whatever it is that you're waiting for, you're going to obtain it. But I mean, no, they don't have the same kind of patience. Look at Nebuchadnezzar. He lays siege against the children of Israel. I mean, you do the barricade and you just fire them out. They don't have patience for that even today in warfare. They'd rather drop a bomb on you. They just don't, they don't have, they just go for total destruction now. 
And I, but back then, at least, the lives were saved. I mean, there were people who, if they gave up, if they realized they just couldn't survive it, you know, because survivors seized. But nowadays, they don't even give you that option. They go right for the throat. They go, they go for each other the quicker, the right. quicker, the better. Right. I that's behind, I think, all these shootings and... and no patience. And, you know, you can't even drive down the street. Right. Okay. to the speed limit without somebody just coming, like... Right, to show you that, that you're your way. Your, yeah, yeah, you, like, yeah, like you're in the way. You're right. in the way. Get out of my way. Right. <laughs> bothering me. Right. And then, you know, with patience, off comes a sort of tolerance. You know, like, you, you just sort of, you know, you're, you're, you're lenient. You're, you're, you're more understanding when you have a patient type of spirit. You know, because you're not hasty to make decisions, not quick to judge, you're not hasty to speak. But some people see that as a weakness. I know, but you slow to anger, but you see further. And they find that to be so odd yeah. in, in a person. I, I know. know someone who has told me, I don't know how many times, um, you know, I don't, I, for the most part, kind of laid back, you know, and I don't just fly off the handle. And But this other person, you know, feels like, um, nobody's going to walk all over me. Nobody's going to, you know, tell me when I know I'm right and, you know, raises the voice and, and yeah. everything. And I'm not like you. I'm not, I don't know what you think. I don't know what you're like. And, that, right. and it's like, it's not like things don't bother me because they do. They do bother me. But, you know, I find myself... Um, Taking it to the Lord in prayer, right? You know, and otherwise it will trying to get an understanding of a situation. Yes, it's all you're getting. You because, know, because it will it can ruin a person's health, their, their state of mind as far as peace, because they're taking matters into their own hands and they're trying to come up, up with a solution that only God can provide. So I wanted to kind of talk about this scripture. It's James chapter one. Um starting at verse 2 to 4. So what I want to know is, what does it mean to fall in diverse temptation? So is that temptation to sin? Are they spiritual tests? Is it persecution for the sake of the gospel? Is it natural problems such as finances or family problems? I think it's or anything. Is sickness all or depression? All of it. It'll you know, be that would challenge your faith in the Lord. Temptation, a person automatically thinks of as you're tempted by the devil to do something wrong. Well, in, in a sense, uh, yes. In, in or sense. tempted by another person to do something wrong. Well, temptation in, in the sense that, see, when the Lord tempts a person, he doesn't tempt a person in the sense that he makes sin look appealing. But the temptation, dire temptation, is when the enemy comes to have a person with something that actually challenges your faith, where to do with that which is ungodly, he tries to make that look appealing. Like that would be a, a solution. That would be an answer. Just like I heard a person say, if you give in to whatever it is that is bothering you, say, if you just give in to it, then you'll get it out of your system and you'll be done with right. it. Right. That's and a worse thing. That's a worse thing. better. Because Lord tells you to resist because once you give in to it, you become Or a some people call it venting or, you know, like you say, getting it off your chest. You oh, just kind of uh, pop. 
Oh, he just get into it. So if a person is being tempted to, to sin, somebody, if they're lusting after something, somebody just says, well, you just give into that. Just get it out of your system. And then you can just move on. But that, it doesn't happen that way. Once you give in to whatever that is, it has power over you. You no longer have power over it. So the Lord tells us to resist anything that will challenge our grief in the Lord by appearing as if it's the right thing to do. But you know that's well, the wrong thing but, but, to do. You know, so I got questions, obviously. I got questions about how that, how does temptation, can diverse temptation relate to a person being sick or depressed or, um, you know, is that a type of temptation? But we're going to have to continue next week um, with to find out what the answer is. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Today's verse of the day comes from Ecclesiastes 7 and 9. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Now ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, when the Lord sent the animals into the ark, he sent seven pairs of birds into the ark. What was the purpose of seven pair? And the answer is, to keep seed alive on the earth. And the answer can be found in Genesis chapter 7, verse 3, which reads, Of fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the face of all the earth. This week's food for thought is, after all animals were put into the ark, how long was it before it began to rain? Hint, 